Eddie Mayer on LBC. It's Friday, it's a quarter to five, it's Simon Marks's American Week. Eddie, this was the American week when the portents of doom for Joe Biden, the Democrats and potentially for the rest of us were no longer purely theoretical. We are going to keep our communities safe. We're going to comprehensively fund law enforcement because they stand up for us and we are going to stand up for them. We are going to start that transformation on day one. Glenn Youngkin, the Republican who in the early hours of Wednesday celebrated victory in the election to become the next governor of Virginia. In a battleground state that Joe Biden won only a year ago by 10 percentage points, the Republicans triumphed across the board. Alongside Mr Youngkin, they won the race for lieutenant governor, electing the first African-American woman to that post. Virginia's new attorney general will be the first Latino to win that position. He's also a Republican. And the party of Donald Trump is poised to control the House of Delegates in the state, Virginia's legislature. The results there, and in New Jersey, where the Democrats retained the keys to the governor's mansion, but only by the skin of their teeth, were a wake-up call for a president who, in Glasgow just hours earlier, did not appear to see disaster coming. We're going to win I think we're going to win in Virginia. And you know you're reporting it being close. The race is very close. It's about who shows up, who turns out. And granted, I did win by a large margin. But the point of the matter is that I think that this is this is going to be, we all knew from the beginning, this is going to be a tight race. But that's not true. Weeks ago, when the race began, there was no indication the Democrat candidate in Virginia could expect anything other than a substantial victory. But then came the botched military withdrawal from Afghanistan, the president's premature claim that America had vanquished COVID-19, anemic economic numbers, the culture wars over his vaccine and face mask mandates and the failure even to this hour of warring Democrats on Capitol Hill to bury their hatchets and pass the two key planks of the president's domestic agenda. Yes, another make or break week has passed and they still haven't voted on his infrastructure bill or his larger public spending initiative. What I do know is I do know that people want us to get things done. They want us to get things done. On Wednesday, with the dust of Tuesday night's disaster fresh in his face, the president pleaded with Democrats on Capitol Hill belatedly to get on with it. I'm continuing to push very hard for the Democratic Party to move along and pass my infrastructure bill and my Build Back Better bill. People are upset and uncertain about a lot of things, from COVID to school to jobs to a whole range of things and the cost of the, the, the gallon of gasoline. And so if I'm able to pass sign of the law, my Build Back Better initiative, I'm in a position where you're going to see a lot of those things ameliorated quickly and swiftly. So the president was asked if his legislation had been passed before Tuesday's elections, would Democrat candidates have triumphed? Well, apparently... Not necessarily. Well, uh, I think we should have should have passed before Election Day, but I'm not sure that I would be able to have changed the 
number of very conservative folks who turned out in the red districts who were Trump voters, but maybe, maybe. No, I, I, I know we did, but I, we also, I was running against Donald Trump. And there is the rub for Democrats. The president himself concedes that his own unpopularity in America's battleground states runs deeper than the ability of a couple of votes on Capitol Hill to turn things around. And also that efforts to tie Virginia's governor-elect Glenn Youngkin to Donald Trump ran into trouble. Listen to the defeated Democrat candidate in Virginia, Terry McAuliffe, on the campaign trail only last week. Do you really want parents here sending your child to first grade where the teacher's not vaccinated they're not wearing masks no well that's what you get with glenn trumpkin that's what you're gonna get mr youngkin however proved that you can run as a republican without becoming trumpkin sure he accepted the former president's backing but he never appeared on a stage alongside him he kept the entire trump operation at a respectful distance in a state where he knew the former president and suburban women voters do not mix and the conspiracy theory Mr. Youngkin and his supporters embraced was not about the 2020 presidential election being stolen from Donald Trump, but about public education in the state going to the dogs. It was in early spring of 2020 when my six-year-old somberly came to me and asked me if she was born evil because she was a white person, something she learned in a history lesson at school. A school board meeting in Loudoun County, Virginia, last month, where parents claim their children are being forced to learn critical race theory. It's the claim that America has historically been a racist country. I refuse to allow you to destroy our schools. They are not your schools. They are our schools. You all should be ashamed and you should have the moral courage to admit you are wrong and step down. Glenn Youngkin in his advertisements stoked and exploited fury among parents, even embracing proposals to ban books like Beloved, the novel about the brutality of slavery by acclaimed author Toni Morrison. As a parent, it's tough to catch everything. So when my son showed me his reading assignment, my heart sunk. It was some of the most explicit material you can imagine. I met with lawmakers. They couldn't believe what I was showing them. Their faces turned bright red with embarrassment. Glenn Youngkin, he listens. He understands. Parents matter. I'm Glenn Youngkin candidate for governor and i sponsored this ad you bet he did and having watched him win republicans nationally are getting behind his victorious strategy oh what a night it was (laughs) and it was a night just not about virginia It was a night about America. Kevin McCarthy, the Republican leader in the House of Representatives, seizing on the party's Virginia playbook and pledging to take it national. We make this promise to you. We will soon unroll a parent's bill of rights. It doesn't matter your wealth, the color of your skin. Once you have a child, it is no longer what you become. It is now what opportunity your children will have. You have a right to know what's being taught in school. 
you have a right to participate. And also, of course, a right not to vaccinate your kids or make them wear face masks in the classroom. It all comes together in the Republicans' master plan for next November's midterm elections, when the entire House of Representatives and one-third of the Senate will be up for grabs. Based on what we witnessed this week, the Republicans can confidently expect to recapture both houses of Congress and reduce Joe Biden to the most hobbled of lame duck presidents. Critical race theory is not taught in elementary schools or middle schools or high schools. Rather quaintly, the Democrats think they can still beat back whipped-up Republican emotion with facts. Randy Weingarten is the head of the most powerful teaching union in America and was wheeled out this week to deny the false claims that had been made on the campaign trail in Virginia. It's a method of examination taught in law school and in college that helps analyze whether systemic racism exists. But cultural warriors are labeling any discussion of race, racism, or discrimination, SCRT, to try to make it toxic. The problem with that is it's already become toxic and it's much too late to try and put the poison back in the bottle. It is not too late, however, to try and save the planet. And that, of course, is what Joe Biden spent the front half of this week attempting to achieve. We can create an environment that raises the standard of living around the world. And this is a moral imperative. But it's also an economic imperative. It still takes some getting used to, the idea that an American president is actually prioritizing the battle against climate change. None of his predecessors, Republican nor Democrat, have ever done that before. His clarion message at COP26 in Glasgow, that global warming is not just an environmental catastrophe, but also an economic opportunity. If we fuel greater growth, new jobs, better opportunities for all our people... And as we see current volatility in energy prices, rather than cast it as a reason to back off our clean energy goals, we must view it as a call to action. He sought to portray the U.S. as the world's only superpower, a man actively engaged in the major crisis of our time, chiding the leaders of China and Russia for failing to show up in Scotland in person. Presumptuous of me to say, talk for another leader, but the fact that China trying to assert, understandably, a new role in the world as a world leader, not showing up? Come on. The single most important thing that's gotten the attention of the world is climate. Same with Putin and Russia. You know, uh, his tundra's burning. He's in a circum... Literally, the tundra's burning. He has serious, serious climate problems. And uh, he is uh, mum on the willingness to do anything. In fact, it turned out the Kremlin was not entirely mum. A spokesman pushed back, saying Russia has engaged in very responsible policies on climate and President Putin can't wait to tell President Biden all about them in the event that they ever meet again in person. What the Russians and the Chinese may have spotted is that climate change didn't move the needle among voters in Virginia and New Jersey this week and that President 
President Biden himself did not list it as one of the American electorate's top concerns. Moscow and Beijing are assuredly betting now that Joe Biden is a one-term wonder and that the Republicans gargling in the wings will walk away from the environmental agenda as soon as they are back in power. Listen to what two of them had to say this week. First, Steve Scalise. He's actually a member of the Republican leadership in the House of Representatives. Carbon emissions have been around since before uh, man walked the earth. I mean, you've seen 10,000 years ago, you can look at the record, and we had warmer temperatures on the earth than we do today because it goes up and down. We've had freezing periods in the 1970s. They said it was going to be a new cooling period. And now it gets warmer, it gets colder. That's called Mother Nature. And then there's Congressman Louis Gohmert of Texas, one of many Republicans in the House of Representatives, auditioning for the role of village idiot. I've read where experts have said if you got a choice between the temperature getting slightly warmer or slightly colder, you want warmer because if it's getting slightly colder, that means there's less time for crops to grow. If it's slightly warmer, not too much warmer, then you got more time for crops to grow, you got more food, and you have fewer people starving. David Attenborough, eat your heart out. It would be remiss of me to end this American week without telling you about what happened on Tuesday in Dallas. Did we land on the moon? Hundreds of conspiracy theory-believing followers of the QAnon movement descended on Dealey Plaza, the grassy knoll where, in November 1963, John F. Kennedy was assassinated. Fifty-eight years after his killing, they believe he isn't dead and expected that he would reappear along with his dead son, John F. Kennedy Jr. Any minute now, the big reveal. crowd is big. Ready to go. There is no explaining any of it, but they genuinely seem to believe that the Kennedys are going to help return former President Donald Trump to power. One of them attempted to explain the theory to the Dallas Morning News. On January 9th, the Insurrection Act was signed by President Trump, and in doing so, he could return... He could, the office, he could hand it over to a former president, and he handed it over to President John F. Kennedy. As ever, it's tempting to laugh, but you really shouldn't. These people could once again find themselves activated to help return Donald Trump to power in 2024. And the prospects of that, Eddie, are absolutely resurgent as Joe Biden continues floundering and support for him in the battleground states ebbs away. Simon Marks's American Week, back next Friday on LBC at a quarter to five. This is LBC, I'm Eddie Mayer.